0: This is CG Talks, the podcast where CG guys talk about CG.
1: This podcast is powered by GarageFarm.net, a place where 3D cloud rendering is incredibly fast and cheap. Hi there! In this CG Talks one-off, we sit down with Lucian Racovitan of Bucharest Studio to learn about how he and his team came to be the Romanian 3D visualization powerhouse that they are today. We're also going to learn what goes into creating their amazing photorealistic renders. Maybe we'll start by you telling us about yourself a bit. Um, how, what, what kind of... Um, I mean, I wanted to get into Bucharest Studio, but first I was wondering... Um, yeah, if you could share a few words about... Um, about yourself as an individual. Um, <laughs> what inspired you to, to, to get into 3d visualization, um, what your, what your background is, uh, you know, anything of that sort.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. It's
0: uh, so, so my name is Lucian. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, one of the two founders of uh, Booker Studio. And actually before we uh, had Booker Studio, we had uh, Lucian R, which was basically our first, the uh, company. We kind of started this company about three years ago. And before we did so, I was, uh, and I'm still, I'm an architect. Like I do have a stamp to kind of uh, practice architecture here in Romania. But uh, before even becoming an architect, I started to become an architect. I was in Ireland for like, I did my studies in Ireland. And I think that was between 2004 to 2006, seven. I did only three years in Ireland. And then just after that, I moved to uh, Copenhagen, where I worked at uh, one big architecture uh,
2: company called Big. And uh, I think uh, that's where I am. That's where I am now, pretty much. Cool.
1: Um, So how how did you, uh, what sort of gave you the impetus to form uh, Bucharest Studio? And um, you mentioned you were a, a co-founder. So, uh, yeah, how did this, how did it come about? And
0: um... So it started in 2018, actually. It's like not so long ago. I was uh, still at Big. And uh, I was a project manager there, like just in charge of architecture, pretty much. Like just mm-hmm. doing architectural projects. I was responsible at the time for like some towers in... Abu Dhabi. There were two towers and I was uh, responsible for those together with the team I was with in uh, Copenhagen. And um, eventually, I think uh, there was some uh, communication between myself and uh, some of the founders of Big and then we decided that maybe it's uh, time for me to part from the firm because uh, I, w- I was enjoying architecture, but I was enjoying more so doing architecture visualizations. So then uh, then I parted from big and I made a small studio in Copenhagen where I was working alone actually. And then, uh, after six months, one of my uh, best friends and uh, current uh, partner here at Bucharest studio is uh, it's, his name is Ovi. He joined uh, the team in Copenhagen. And then uh, the two of us rolled for about maybe six months where we worked with two other guys in Copenhagen. So in the end we were an office of four. And that lasted for about uh, yeah six months, pretty much, and then we decided after that it's about time to move to uh, Bucharest because we were uh, somehow getting old. it's like uh, i'm thirty six now, so I was maybe thirty three at the time, and it was uh my parents also getting older, and I think it was a time that uh, we just go home and start uh, supporting uh, the family and uh see what what has changed in the last uh, 20 years that we were, uh, not 20, but like 15 years that we were gone from home. So then we came to Bucharest and then uh, it was uh, the two of us, myself and Ovidiu, and then uh, uh, two other guys joined, Valentin and uh, Mircea at the time. And then uh, one of them is about to become a partner now in October. Mircea is uh, about to become one of the third, three partners of Bucharest Studio. And then uh, slowly, organically, the office kind of grew. And then uh, I think the name, the studio name, was just more like something that was uh, binding us all together because it was pretty much the kind of uh, the glue that was holding us. You know, it's more like it's like the one Mm. place since we all have this background of like traveling and living in other places in the world and all that, I think it was like something that we all had in common was the city where
2: we were living. Right roots, yeah the roots, yeah. Cool,
1: cool. Um, so but before we move on to like uh, more about Bucharest, I was wondering like what um what got you into three D in the first place? I mean, is it is it? I know a lot of um, uh, uh, architects eventually have to kind of learn how to visualize in three D, and then a lot I well we've met a lot who Actually, ended up turning it into a full-time thing because they just fell in love with the whole thing. Is it is it the same for you? Uh,
0: Generally, if you if you're a good designer, you know how to render. That's like it's a must. You cannot be like a great designer and you don't know how to draw or make a good Mm -hmm. render. Because when you do a render or when you do a still image of the building, you actually take care of pretty much all the detailing, like you know pretty much what materiality it's gonna be on that building, what kind of details, how like I don't know, the frames they're gonna look like, how the composition of, of different windows and different holes and and then you also have to take care about a bit the context that you understand like how the streets or maybe if there's trees or vegetation and stuff like that. So so I think in a way if you if you wanna be a good architect, you should know how to draw, even though your drawing doesn't have to be aligning with the industry. Like you could be having your own style or your own personality in the way you draw or represent or render. But you do have to know how to do that. You cannot be a good actor. And of course, for me, personally, it was more like I was, uh, I was working at big at this time and then I was doing a, a lot of projects. I was like constantly deadlining. And we do have to represent whatever the design is in a way or another, if it's plans or if it's sections or if it's renders. And then I really enjoyed doing renders. So I was, at first, I was involved more into doing the visuals for the office. And then later on, I became more into, I, I started doing also the architecture, becoming a project lead and doing the renders on the side. So so I think that that's where I kind of started doing it. It was more like in an office environment. I was... I was not forced, you know, it would be a stretch to say that it was a forced decision, but it was more like thrown into it. It was more like, hey, uh, how about you do a bunch of renders on this project, even though I had no skills. Maybe I had uh, some style. Maybe I was like nicely dressed or wearing some nice glasses or listening to some cool music. And I think some of the guys associated that with like maybe somebody that can uh, also draw. I don't know why I (laughs) can. So so then I think... (laughs) Then I think that's kind of like it all started, and then uh, slowly I think, uh, yeah, I just I just got in love with it because I mean, having like one skill where you can just like uh, express yourself through, especially if we're in a creative business, and then and then having mm-hmm. this like one skill where you can express yourself and then be confident about, I think it's a pretty glorious to have, and and of course you, it's it's no way you're gonna give that away for anything and then once i realized that i can render i just started doing more and more renders and and then i just couldn't stop
1: that's cool so so up yeah. until that point you were um you were drafting things out uh in 2d like with traditional media
2: I, actually i think
0: it would it would be a lie to say that i was uh, drafting 2d because also in school i was using a bit of a 3ds max and and, and some very but I was mm. like uh, pretty far off from doing renders more like collage style kind of like gangsta stuff out. And I didn't really have a, there was like no gra- grounded work into it. You know, it was more like improvising. But, yeah. But but slowly I think with skills, like the the more skills one gets, I think the easier it is for that person to, to express themselves. Because like everybody has great ideas and everybody can think of great things but a lot of people can't just simply put them together because they cannot really draw them or or express them and since i started doing this at big and then around me there were other people that knew how to do some renders then you look at others and then you pick some skills from here skills from there and then eventually you have your own vocabulary you're like your own set of tools you can work with
1: yeah Cool. so what is a day in life uh in your life at Bucharest look like?
0: In my personal life or you mean like a, like anybody's day, like kind of how is your day throughout the uh,
1: well no well, maybe know. like you personally, uh like it within like for example, uh what's it like when you guys tackle a project on from your perspective first and then and then the perspective of your team, I guess.
2: Um interesting.
0: So so I think like for me personally, it's more like a day starts at like uh, maybe 10 in the morning when I wake up or something around that. And then I just uh, check emails and all, all that. I just like have to see what the clients say, like whoever text and like what other projects. We don't do a project at the time. We do like maybe five, six projects at a time. And then, of course, there's like different people in charge of different projects from our side, but also from the client side. So, so it's a bit of an organization. So I would say before twelve one in the afternoon, I don't even make it to the office. I'm just like on emails and and things like that. And then, uh, then I just uh, come to the office, and then we sit together with the team, like or like with different teams. It depends who's doing each project, and we look through the stuff. And then I think by this time we do have quite a bunch of people in the office that are pretty skilled. And that can guide other people as well. And then in a way it's, it's a, it's it almost happens organically now that we're not, we're not sitting so long with the team trying to figure things out and trying to change moods and settings and all that, but rather like things just flow. And then if there's like emergencies and stuff like that, we, we jump on board.
2: Cool. So, um.
1: Can I ask how many, like, how, uh, how many are you in the team?
2: We're
0: 18 now. 18? 18, one eight. Oh, 18. Not the, okay. yeah, I, w- I, I mean, the, it'd be ideal to be 18, I think, but, uh, that's not going to happen for the next years.
1: Uh, 18 to be, still a pretty big number.
0: Before the war, we were planning to uh, be 40 by the end of this year,
2: or at least that was the plan, but let's see how this develops because <laughs> we're at the border. So yeah um,
1: okay, well, I was looking through your through your work um other than uh, what you've rendered with us, and i uh I noticed like a lot of the a lot of the work on your site um they feature a lot of really interesting uh, designs. I mean, I'm not an architect, so I like maybe maybe for you they're actually kind of like so and so, but I was kind of. Uh, blown away, like the, the the designs are very. They just seem very innovative. There's a lot of play in um, sort of more. Uh, there's a lot of curvature. There's a lot of geometric shape that that um, can seem like very very. I was gonna say playful, but but not no. Like something. It, it's just very innovative. And actually, it it, it feels like. Um, there must be a lot of thought that goes into how to how you can reconcile like certain shapes with also the uh, structural integrity of the buildings. What's that like? Like, how does that? I mean, how do you balance that in 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 the design process?
0: You presented this so nicely that I wish I could get the credit for uh, the architecture too, but. Um, <laughs> Well, unfortunately, we don't do the architecture, we just do a, a representation of architecture.
2: Mm.
0: But in a way, I mean, oh. we, we I do have the, the background into designing. So I worked as a designer for almost, over a period of 10 years, I worked as a designer for eight years in different uh, big companies, like I, I was in Japan at Kengo Kuma, and then I was in Copenhagen at uh, the Archangels Group. big. Mm-hmm. So, so in a way, I gathered, I gathered some, some experience as a designer. So I think when you render such buildings, you do have to have an understanding of what they actually try to communicate to better represent them. Because as you say, if, if there's like a, a curved building, always the glass has different properties from, from a, from a boxy building, like the glass behaves different, like the refraction of reflection of glass just, just simply behaves different than a boxy building. And then... Of course if it's a boxy building you can just like wrap an environment around it and then that's going to be your reflection and then that's that but but when you have a curvy building that the environment just becomes more three-dimensional and it's it reflects also the immediate context but also the further away context so it needs a bit more detail on on how you actually understand the, the, the geometry mm-hmm. but um, um mm-hmm. no go for it.
1: at garageform.net you'll find many 3d rendering solutions Use coupon codes visible on your social media channels during registration to boost your account up to $100 of free render credits and check how quick and life-saving 3D cloud rendering is. Same. Oh, no, no. I was going to ask, so what does that mean in in the context of, uh, like, working um, working in 3D? Like, uh, does curved class need another, like... Is it like a different IOR value, or Ooh. is it?
0: Uh, <laughs> no,
1: I mean, i mean, sorry. Like, no, like I mean.
0: no, I totally get it. It's. I mean, I wasn't uh, thinking of uh, going so geeky into the IOR, but I was thinking more like. Uh, I was thinking more like the geographical context of it, but like the oh, immediate okay. geographical context. So, so imagine like if you have just a plane of glass that reflects. Uh, what like what can that reflect? If you just like a place straight uh, uh, plain straight piece of glass, it will just reflect like almost 90 degrees infinitely. But then you put right, a tree yeah. there. You put a tree there in, in the direction of that reflection and you're sorted. But the moment you have a double curved surface, that's going to reflect mm-hmm. like something that you, you didn't really plan for. So yeah. all of a sudden that uh, that 3D model that's that's done or like that's modeled to be seen only in your view has to extend to like a 360 Degree three D model, or like you'd have to come with some some tricks mm-hmm. to solve. Yeah, so, so I think it's 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 more about uh, on these lines. I was thinking.
1: Yeah. Well, does that mean that you end up having to model more of like the? Um, let's say you're looking at like the a window shot. I mean, because of these reflection, because of the uh, like the wider angles of reflection, does that mean you end up having to um, add more exterior props around it?
0: Yeah, that's, that's one thing, but then there's also things that like, let's say if that's, uh, I don't know, pixelated or if it's like triangulated, the whole facade, uh, in the end, you're going to end up with like triangles reflect. Like, it, it, I think there's like a lot of the times you don't end up with one solution to certain things, but it's more mm-hmm. about like, even though you think you've rendered everything, like a lot of the times we just have to come up with new solutions to, to, yeah. to new projects. So, so in a way, that's probably also what makes a person that hasn't been studying architecture and looks at a render think that it looks nice. It, because it has this element of surprise that a normal boxy building, even though like, like imagine if you render like an average car park building, like regardless of how nice the render and hyper realistic it is, it won't really strike the viewer as an amazing render even though the settings and the DPI, or I don't know, like all the maps can be like in higher resolution, but mm-hmm. just because the architecture doesn't do something spectacular, it just lets the viewer kind of, I don't know, a bit, it'd be a to say disappointed, but but it lets the viewer a bit, uh, a bit blatant or a bit like, I don't know, austere. It just, it doesn't let yeah. you like dreams. Whereas when you have something like where the architecture just talks to itself, the rendering that, it's it, it becomes a bit easier. Even though it's more tricky, probably, it's like it's more, it takes more skills and it becomes a bit more uh, technically complex. But at the end of the day, it's an easier render to do just because you get the view for free. Like you don't have to do right. anything with the composition.
2: It's the architecture that just speaks to itself. Oh, that's
1: an interesting, it's interesting way of looking at it actually like it never occurred to me that uh I mean I have to say like I think I think out of a lot of the art um renders that uh we've seen on the farm um yeah like like your your work has got to be one of the more um one of the more visually uh Stimulating in the sense that there are all of these interesting shapes that are in the structures themselves, and um, yeah, now that you put it like this, it, it I suppose um, well, maybe maybe in like some of the works that I've seen on your on your uh, on your socials, um, yeah, there really does seem maybe there is also that aspect of uh, like you say, for example, like playing on interesting. Angles in the structure, maybe creating like interesting shadow shapes. Um, is that is is that what you meant? Like,
2: yeah, I mean,
0: of course, yeah. That, that, I mean, you're just uh, you're pretty much summarizing what I said. It. But it, it's it's also I think it it has to do with like, for example, if if we were to do a new project now. And then we like the project we don't like all the projects, even though we like the renders we mm. some of the projects everybody knows that they are just maybe they become a bit more social or they become so you love certain aspects of the project. you love what they do to let's say the community. maybe they mm. do a great thing to the a great thing to the community so you you love the project for what they do conceptually, but you don't love the project aesthetically. Mm. So, so a lot of the times when we deal with projects that are not aesthetically pleasant i think getting away from moods or like not creating moody images of like you don't want to have it in a rainy day or in a late foggy i don't know afternoon or in a you just want to have it as like normal and 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 simple and and just basic average blue sky and green trees as possible just because that project has to be it has to communicate just the realness of it, you know, because maybe it's just a social thing. It just, it has to do with like, I don't know, if maybe it's humanitarian, as you said there. So then it's not about like moods and it's not about like making it fancy or depicting it in a very weird angle or something. It was just more about like the average kind of, not the average person, but the average skilled or like the average rendering skilled person taking a, or like a photographer, the average photographer taking a camera and just shooting a building and that's it, that's done in a way. So nothing, yeah, like nothing, nothing too crazy
1: composition.
0: Nothing too crazy yeah, composition. Yeah. If it's like that kind of a project, yeah. but of course, if if you're dealing with like a, the new museum on the waterfront of, uh, I don't know, Shenzhen. Yeah. Then it's a different league, you know, then then, yeah. you're, then you're really looking for like the, the most epic morning foggy days where the, the, it's just the only beam that has light in it because it's like some special event where like everybody in Shenzhen woke up in the morning and just like wants to enjoy this, you know. So then, of course, then if you compare the two images, on one hand, you have like a humanitarian average day project and then like the most epic Shenzhen opera Of course, you're always going to be thinking, oh, wow, this is such a great render, even though they both have the, like, technically they're both, they're both the same, you know? So that's why it's also like a bit tricky for us to kind of have favorite projects or favorite renders. Because like now I can just look at almost any render and say, like, I, I don't even see the final, like, I don't see, I don't look at the render and see like the foggy day or I don't see the atmosphere. I just see it very technically in a way. So I appreciate a render a lot by how technically it's represented, you know,
2: <laughs> like a,
0: a normal car park can have the same quality for me with the with Shenzhen opera, even though the average photographer, but not mean, meaning like they're not, like they're an average person, but rather the average skilled photographer or render person, just any day it's going to go for the Genzen opera, just because that looks great. Mm. but in reality, I think once you've been you you see a bit in the backstage and you see how images are done and the decisions you take for doing certain images you do really start understanding why they're both equally good in a way
1: yeah mm interesting so in in like the production workflow let's say let's say for for just for stills yeah like um what what part of the of uh, what part in, in the 3d production pipeline do you feels like, uh, has the biggest opportunity for, for expressiveness? Um, if, if there is any one particular part, maybe, maybe there are more than one, like, is it, is it in the texturing? Is it in, is it in lighting? Um,
0: yeah, I mean, you know, that this, this discussion has been going on for like, uh, so many years like what is is it like the maps is it like the yeah. issues displacement reflection refraction is it yeah, all these fabulous. things that make a is it like the lighting or is it like is it the settings is it mm-hmm. the mood you choose that makes an image great i think it depends on uh who's the viewer and who's going to judge this and that's like uh it's it's in their eyes to judge what makes an image great in my eyes i think it's a uh, it's crazy to say, but it's the white balance. It, I, I think like uh, there's so many skilled and uh, good artists that uh, can handle the white balance correctly, and I think that can just completely ruin an image. Or they're like people just do collages in like fifteen minutes, and then just they just know
2: how to control the white balance, and it always looks realistic. and 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 I think that's kind of a. It,
0: and I think, like, to get the right white balance, of course, you need the right settings, you need the right camera, you need the right textures and, and maps and all that for for uh, for your assets. And it does become very complex, in a way, when you, when you think about white balance. But basically, it's just white balance. You have it in the camera, and it's easy to set. And that's what, in a way, for me, makes a great image. I don't care about the architecture and the 3D and... the building is and how much like if it's a one month project or if it's like one day project it's just like you can tell like when you look at an image if it's good just by how the colors are controlled
2: interesting and
1: i mean i think uh that rings very true like especially for um well for for 3D artists from any like walk of life i think because I think that's the one thing um that's that's super elusive like you you there are a lot of resources to teach you how to, to to model or sculpt or texture and, and go through like there are even some resources for lighting and and certainly uh, resources for for cinematography and and things like that but I think that like what happens, it the little, the little nuances, I guess, like the right, like finding the right white balance, are things that aren't very often talked about, um, you know. So that's yeah, that's a that's a that's a valuable take right there. <laughs> but so I mean, uh,
2: that said, how how. Um, like how,
1: how much post, uh, does the, does the like does the initial render go through, um, for you guys?
0: I mean, again, it depends on, on the project. Like there's like projects that need loads of posts. There's projects that need zero post, And, and I think it just comes, I think we, we came to a workflow in our office where we just decided that. Everything that's going to be an animation, which lately is like half of our projects, they just, uh, they just st- stay in the, they stay in the raw, uh, in the raw field. They just, we're not going to be doing too much post-production because we're going to have like massive discrepancies between, uh, what we submit as renders and what we submit as animation. So let's oh, okay. try to have the whole package somewhere where it's like, where it equals out the amount of like post and the amount of uh, 3d. And then we know that both our renders and our, and our animations, they're going to have the same quality. We don't want, because the way we work, we, we mainly do the renders first. Once we have the renders, we start doing the animation. And then what we present is the renders to our clients, they know that that's going to be pretty much the quality in the animation. So we, can't, uh, we can' not yeah. mess around too much with that. But if it's right. just a project that, uh, that only needs renders? then it also a bit depends on, on where it is geographically. Because let's say if it is somewhere in isolated in the desert, I think we're going to be able to quickly make that into a 3D, like to, to, to get a bunch of assets from different providers. And then we, we just make a nice uh, setup and then we, we plant our building there and then that's that. But if we know it's in the middle of, I don't know, Dusseldorf, it's a city center Dusseldorf, then, then we need the real context. So we send photographers on site and then we get the uh, real photos and then we just do uh, collages.
1: At GarageFarm.net, you'll find many 3D rendering solutions. Use coupon codes visible on your social media channels during registration to boost your account up to $100 of free render credits and check how quick and life-saving 3D cloud rendering is. Wow, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. i um, Okay, so but uh, so for example would you normally would you normally uh, just render duty passes or or do you do you also make use of like um, like the different render elements uh, that that you composite later on?
2: Yeah
0: we tend to render them all all the time. If we get all the channels, they're just super helpful yeah. to have regardless. Like, I mean, this is at least our workflow. We need all the passes all the time. Even though we don't use them, it's good to have. It's like you never know when you're going to need the glare, you
1: know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, You <laughs> never know when you're going to need the glare. Um, and yeah, like I was, so I was wondering, um, have their, have uh, like, what's the turnaround time like, for example? Um, like how um, do you leverage, for example, compositing, um in dealing with, uh, for example, if there if the client has any notes or wants something changed, then it can be done easily in post. Is that something? Um, is that something that you guys experience from time to time, or is it is it uh, pretty straightforward? Like you,
0: well, there's def- there are different clients with different uh, demands, and I think if we do only renders, we tend to go to two to three rounds of comments, but not more. If we do animation, we do kind of the same trip, just that we, let's say, our first draft is just uh, snips from 3ds Max. It's just great cameras. We just animate the camera and we just send straight snips. But then uh, the second draft would be uh, something we send to the farm, to Garage Farm, as in like, uh, I don't know, maybe 720p, like very low resolution. But you can already tell what's. Uh, What's gonna look like the whole? You you understand the cameras, you understand the motions, how people move, and you understand the whole right. story in seven twenty p. And then once that's agreed, that's almost our second
2: draft, and then we send the final. And we rarely render four k. We just send the full HD most of the times. Very cool.
1: Um, okay, so uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about um one of the projects you you rendered on the farm uh, i don't know if it's if uh uh i have it as the name of the image i'm not sure but uh yeah I, and also on instagram i think it's called the best vestra project
0: vestra. Yeah. vestra yeah it's a cool one it's a yeah. cool one. it's a bit of, it's one of uh our first maybe not very first but one of the first animations we we did i mean we it was nice. Uh, it was good and uh, experimenting times. I think we got a, we got some way away from that. Uh, we 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 gathered a bit more skills now. I'd say from that point. But, but I think it's a it's a good reference that one because it also it, it represents a bit of uh, our starting point in a way. So that's the project. It's actually uh, that it's a collab between uh, Bjarki Group and Vester, the furniture company in Norway. And it's in the middle of a forest, actually, which is pretty beautiful. So they've reused a lot of the for a lot of the trees they've cut. They reuse them in the factory. So in a way, it is a bit of a sustainable building, even though it's visually uh, striking to see that somebody builds in the forest. But since it's your forest, and then you know you're gonna replant those trees somewhere else, and you do that kind of like logically and, and responsible, I think it's fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was really, I mean, it just, because it's, uh, from what I gather, it's like, uh, it, it's, it's sort of a complex, right? That's going to be built, that's built in that forest. It, it just yes, seems it's like-
0: it's built already. I think by now it's like they're just uh, topping up the roof. They're just doing the last details. It's oh, kind wow. of a cross. It's a cross. It's like four arms that meet in yeah. the center and in in the center it's a bit of a public space where the visitors can just come and see a bit of how the factory works so in a way a bit of a, like a panopticon like a prison where you just sit in the middle and then you have uh, views over the whole building but this yeah. but this in this case is just very like a visitor friendly because as a visitor you just like you get to get pics in all the factory and understand how it works yeah yeah. But it's pretty much done by now. It's crazy. Like we rendered this uh, with you maybe in two thousand and nineteen, I guess mm-hmm. we did an animation and a set of renders, and I think by now the building
2: it's done.
1: yeah, amazing. I mean we like that also what what kind of struck me about uh, with that project is the 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 vastness of it because it's a because you do like a fly through. Animation, right, and then and you have to cover all of the different uh, sort of key regions of the of the the structure. So I was wondering um, how how uh, like were there how would you, for example, optimize? I mean, I guess this is a question like not necessarily just for this project, but in general. Um, what sort of uh, optimization uh, techniques do you guys use? For example, um, is it like you? Is it uh, the entire uh, scene is built with one level of detail, and then um, and then the camera flies through it all? Uh, or, for example, um, for aerial shots or farther farther away shots, do you um, do you uh, reduce your map sizes or or decimate geometry or anything like that to make renders faster or or it's just totally, like, totally.
0: We just yeah. uh, of course we have like def- we, we split the whole project in scenes. So each mm-hmm. scene has a LOD, like a level of detail. Yeah. And then and then of course if it's like close ups and stuff like that, our, our maps they're gonna be a bit more higher res, and then the forest packs, they're gonna be a bit more uh, detailed and the further away from the camera the less the detail they're gonna be having yeah so i think that's but but regarding the optimization i think i don't know like what the hell i don't know like if we i've, I've never seen like imagine like we i never worked in an Arvis company and i don't know how others are doing it i don't know if anything that we're doing is right it could be that everything that we're doing it's wrong but because i can't really compare with it anything i don't know if any of our stuff is actually optimized or if it's like a complete failure you know no. I'm just guessing it's fine but but I don't know yeah I hope it's fine I hope it's optimized I don't know we just use like a, we use mainly V-Ray and we use a light cache brute force for animations
1: oh yeah brute, like brute force brute, brute, like brute force, force plus brute force
0: no 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 light cache no oh okay okay yeah yeah it's yeah. yeah. like
1: that would have been you know whoa but Okay. Yeah, no, that's cool.
0: no, no. I think brute force, brute force would be uh, completely insane, time wise. Yeah. I think it would just and resources wise, it, it would take a lot of time. We used yeah. to do it. I think we used to do it for renders when our computers were pretty shit because the baking was like we, when we had shit computers. I'm not sure if Can I say shit on this yeah. podcast? Sure.
2: No, yeah. So, it's all so so so
0: <laughs> it's all good. So so our computers were pretty bad. And then uh, we couldn't really take. Uh, they, they just couldn't take the baking. They didn't have memory enough, so they would just like collapse at Embree, and then we eventually. You do have a bit of knowledge about rendering, right? Like you know Embree and, and all that.
1: Uh yeah right? yeah, but Dynamic I don't... limits and stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah, but I'm not. Then... I'm not a
1: 3ds Max user, so okay. But I have okay. yeah. I have spent some time like
0: with the yeah. I think it's also 3DS Max sounds like a pretty old school technology to be using in animations. But since this is the only stuff we know how to use, we just stick to it. I'm sure there's like, if you use like other softwares, you can come up with different uh, optimizations and different skills and your stuff is going to look different. But for what we need and for the industry we're in, I think we're we're confident with the, the softwares we're using. No, for sure. I know. Uh, but regarding, again, like if I go back to optimization, yeah, we use brute force light cache, but I don't know, like what the hell. I don't know if we're doing it the right way or not.
1: Well, the results speak for themselves, right? So, yeah. I mean, and, 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 but what are the, uh, for example, uh, I mean, I'm not asking for hard numbers, but, but, uh, or maybe, maybe another way to put it is like, uh, like how for for example for an animation like like Vestre for the vestry animation, how uh how without necessarily having to provide a concrete number. Um yeah. how 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 big was the render budget for that? Or how big did the render render budget have to be?
0: Render budget is in, in the farm or render budget for us? Like a- like what was our fee towards the client or what was the kind of uh, what uh, we spent on the
1: farm? Yeah, I guess like did, did, what, was, did what you spend on the farm? Uh, um,
0: if we're confident go, in what we spend on, on the farm, I think we yeah, are. Yeah. I think oh. the farm is doing a great thing. I think the farm it's like fucking uh, great.
1: <laughs> that's, really, that's really good to know. I mean, yeah, and I'm not saying think... this. It's stupid because like if
0: anybody would just hear this now, they would just think that we get some sort of like sponsorship from the farm or like I don't know what the heck we get nothing. It's like it... it's just it's just nice to say things about services that just work. And then like the farm has like so many great things. And I think my favorite thing about it is that you have like a twenty four seven kind of assistance, which is incredible. Yeah. It's like oh, uh, it's, this is nuts. It's like in in this world, I think everything should have 24 /7 assistance. like my girlfriend, she sleeps with her phone not on flight mode just because her parents could call her at night, and if the parents call at night, it's something serious. So in a way, you would want to see that in any like environment. you know, like everybody should be able to have a phone that you can call them 24/ seven or a device That's and just because. Cause you can get like, like things can get like just complete cluster fucked, you know, it's like you're doing animation, it's a cl- complex job. Ooh. And then all of a sudden you're, I don't know, 3D people. Like we use Anima in this case, Anima A, X, Y, Z. And then yeah. if there's one thing actually, so these were the great things about the farm. If there's one thing, and I know the garage farm says that it's, it's not on their side. It's something to do with the Anima itself. But Anima does fail a lot on Garage Farm. I'm not sure if you know Anima, like the software, but it's like
1: yeah. this. Funny yeah. story. Um, I actually ended up. Uh, there was a time when I used to help with support. So there was a time when um, I I would have to investigate like a lot of Anima issues, um, and it started it started from as simple as sort of first our that our, our our plugin wasn't detecting all of the right files like the .ani files that were associated with the with the anima project directory and stuff like that so like so you know it, they could be they could range from okay like the the plugin isn't isn't um, trying to detect all of the key files it needs to detect more like all of these particular files for the whole thing to work from that all the way to we have no idea what's going on. Everything should be working theoretically. And then I'd have to, um, we, we, correspond basically with the AXYZ personally, um, and talk to one of the lead devs, um, for help.
2: And, and what it did they a say? really long I'm time. curious. Sorry. And what
0: happened? Like, uh, how, it, it's still like, uh, we still get problems with animal. What did they say? Like, how are they going to fix it or like, uh, like what's,
1: uh well, do you remember? It, at least at least where i where i stepped off was we it had something to do with because we were like our devs were working with their own um interpretation they they made their own uh max script that was executed from the plugin to handle these things um so we had to collaborate with them um and then they would eventually they were they were sharing like max master- the max scripts that they made that would detect all of the all of the files and all of the dependencies. And then we would just take uh that Mac script and integrate it into our our software. Um, and that fixed a lot of problems, but um from what I remember it would have to be updated every once in a while. Um, like obviously every new anime release would have to have a new Mac script and sometimes uh, the back and forth would take a little time. Um, and I, I don't know, I mean, so even now there's still a lot of issues.
0: Yeah. It's crazy and I'm not sure if I'm, uh, getting too old or anything, but, but I, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm losing a bit my uh, patience with like updates and, uh, and like some software, they just simply work. Like things yeah. just work. Like w- w- why updating things? You know, is there like, yeah. some things you don't need to update. Like, for example, we updated forest Pack recently, and then all of a sudden, like our files start crashing, some stuff doesn't send, some stuff doesn't open, it's just like, come on. It oh, was just man. a perfectly functioning software, you know, no oh, need
1: for man. updating. Yeah. No, I mean, that, I, I don't think that's an age thing. Like, I think, I mean, I think the sentiment is universal, right? Really, right. really sucks when that
2: happens. I feel you. <laughs> it's
0: like like, i don't know it's like photoshop what what, where are we now with photoshop it's like cs i don't even i can't even recall what it is i'm sure like photoshop 2010 was just perfectly fine you needed all all the new technology in photoshop anybody like anyways nobody uses because it's just like somewhere hidden you know yeah nobody's showing you where it is you just have to like find some crazy tutorial somewhere that's completely hidden
1: yeah. Although I gotta say the because I I I also stopped using Photoshop like a long while back. But the last time I uh like I think last year I decided to to download the trial and see what was going on. And they have these they have this AI technology that's just that's ridiculous now. I know, so I we, know, I know, yeah, I know. We use that? a bunch of yeah yeah yeah, yeah kind like, of the
0: selections. The selections are nuts now. Like, yeah. you just like we use it a lot. We, we find like a reference photo for like, let's say uh, an environment of people somewhere on the street. And then now you, by clicks, you can just select all the people. You don't have to cut out anything anymore, yeah. which yeah. is complete nuts.
2: Yeah. Super
0: insane. Yeah. yeah it's um, pretty crazy, but they should yeah. only add only these things, you know, like they should not add all the other fuzz around that makes it so slow. Yeah.
1: Or anything that breaks the existence.
0: Yeah, exactly. You right. just put like a, I don't know six video cards on your computer. You open Photoshop, and it's still slow. It's like well, Adobe. No, I'm sorry, I'm not. I don't wanna. I don't wanna shit on
1: any. Like
0: no, no, no. Because no, no. they're doing great. I mean, come on, they it's are. Like a, yeah. super. Yeah. yeah, it's like a great software. It's just like you, you know how it is. You just you forget about all the good things that a certain software is due to you, you forget about how great they are, but you just complain about the small things that just don't work for you.
1: Yeah. But actually that's sort of why we, that's sort of why we have like, like one of the big reasons we have life support is cause it's, um, that's also, it's also nice to have like an ear on the ground on the actual ground, right? Like to, it really gives us a good idea of what people, what issues people are experiencing um like concrete issues that keep turning up right and then that's what allows the developers to respond really quickly like we know we know no, what issues nuts. take priority and stuff like that and, and that's only because we get to talk to customers in real time so i mean it, it helps it helps us and it helps you guys so
0: it totally helps i mean it's like the yeah. most beautiful thing on earth to <laughs> have 24 7 support You you don't know how liberating it is and how comforting it is. Like you you cannot even imagine how comforting it is to kind of work on a project. And then you know that, okay, I have reserved maybe this one day or two days for the farm where we can send all the files. And then we know for sure that if something fails, we're always going to be able to talk to somebody immediately. And that's just like, I mean, that's unbeatable. I mean, please don't ever get rid of that. No, Don't no way. that thing. No Don't way. Don't come no up way. with a new solution. It's just like
1: uh, it's a bad yeah. feature. Cool. Uh, so I'm hoping at least like uh, even with the anime issues, the support like is able to yeah to, totally. Yeah, to I mean, even eventually.
0: Yeah, exactly. We just we just pack them and then send them to somebody and then it just replace ah. them and then that's not. And we yeah, even yeah. get the refunds for the stuff that uh, render badly. So yeah, I think it's great. Ooh. have a little complaint, but I, I would imagine like, it's also a super complex kind of, uh, mechanism behind all the carriage farm stuff, like to get all these softwares in that they're all updated at all times. And I would imagine it's like a crazy system behind, I'd be interested yeah. to see how complex this thing again, and also like the servers, there S- might, you must have like a big storage, right? Like how many servers do you have?
2: Um, Or like numbers, or
1: like it. uh, Honestly, I haven't really been like secret. Yes, yeah. Like one is I'm not really allowed to disclose that, and secondly, I wouldn't even really be able to give you an accurate number because it's been
0: So a lot. It's been a while. It's it's a lot.
1: Yeah, but there is a lot. Yeah, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we've got two data centers full of these, full of those bad. Yeah. So um, I think today
0: it's not even, a, it's, it's, it's pointless to do your own farm. Like we were thinking, you know, we were thinking like, oh, what about we do our own farm? And then it's not so unachievable to build your own farm. Yeah. But then all of a sudden you need 24-7 support, you know? And then that's that. Then, then you just say, come on. And it's like no point in like how are we going to be like, then something breaks, something just, it's yep. the same as, it's the same as deciding to be your own dentist, you know? It's like, yeah. from tomorrow, I don't want to go to a dentist, I'm going to fix my own teeth. It's not, it doesn't work, you know? No, yeah. And I, I mean, think, the I upkeep
1: think... is crazy. Like, the yeah. The, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, well, thanks. I was um, glad you had so many kind words to say. For, yeah, to the, but it's, you
0: know, like, about the I, w- I wouldn't say it if I hated the. Uh, or I wouldn't even have this interview I yeah. think that was kind of oh. I think it's 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 mainly and I think it's mainly all the nights I spent talking with like the nicest people on earth on the support on your support team. that oh, kind yeah. of made me just think how like it feels like everybody's just like blessed with like good vibes you know and, uh, yeah. so, like how like how are these people able to uh, to keep these good moods when we're just like freaking out in, in-house, you know? Like our files don't render and it's just like, ah, oh, what are we gonna do? And then we just talk to somebody that's like, oh, I'm, I'm on this, let me just uh, fix this and that, and then just send me a package and then it all sorts
1: out. It's great. Yeah, yeah it's good to so, know. I mean, it gets pretty hectic for, for us as well, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that's also part of it, right? Like we, like, because yeah. everyone, everyone in the support team is an experienced 3D artist. A lot of them are actually. Oh really? Art. Like yeah, yeah. I never I knew. I knew. Yeah, I knew. so a lot of them actually come from an architectural background as well, um, or at least That's have awesome. done architectural yeah, visualization. So they can really sympathize. Like they they know, and I I think it's safe to say everyone is used to to spending late nights uh, in high pressure situations. So.
0: I think we were, I think at one point we were discussing on the, so, so you see how funny this thing is. Like we were discussing over on the support team. There was about to be some event. I think it stopped during COVID. It was just before COVID. There was about to be some event. I can't remember where. It was like an ARGVES event in anyhow. And then the uh, D2 conference? I think it was D2 or something.
1: And yeah. then
0: the guys, the guys at the, uh, the, uh, support said, oh yeah, we're going there. And then we said, oh yeah, we're going there too. And I was like, yeah. oh yeah, let's catch up for beers, you know? Yeah. And this whole conversation was happening on like the support, the pop-up window on the carriage farm. It's
1: pretty nice. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, That's, a, yeah. It, that's, yeah. Like, I, that's I, I really appreciate that about the, Those guys are like true champs, the ranks.
0: Yeah, they're great.
1: Yeah. And that's where we'll end this conversation. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more interviews at CG Talks.